Thank you for listening to the Paradigm Podcast. Paradigm is a young adult ministry that exists to see lives changed by Jesus. For more information about Paradigm, go to ParadigmKC.com. We hope this message is inspiring and life-changing. Thanks for listening. church and had a ton of knowledge about the Bible, but I had absolutely no idea what it looked like to have a relationship with Jesus. So as a kid, I thought that I could have the best of both worlds, be a Christian on Sunday and do whatever I wanted every other day of the week. And turns out that did not work for me. Um, In middle school and high school, I always saw myself as the good kid and thought that that was what it meant to be a Christian. But I started to find my satisfaction in relationships. I started to seek attention from others. And I was putting my hope in anything other than Christ. Going into college, I began drinking and formed myself to the people around me so that I could fit in. I was so lonely. My sophomore year of college, I met a girl in my sorority. And she also called herself a Christian, but her life looked completely different than mine. And that was really convicting for me. Um, Shortly after meeting her, she began to process what the gospel looked like and showed me what it looked like to have a relationship with Christ. And shortly after that, I decided that I wanted to have a relationship with Christ. And but I was still struggling to fully surrender everything over to the Lord. Um, About a year and a half later, I finally understood how destructive my sin was and that Jesus was the only thing that could satisfy me. I surrendered my life to Christ in that moment, and since then, I've been freed from the curse of sin. I can find my satisfaction in Him. I'm no longer a slave to the opinions of those around me, but I find my value in being a child of God. The Lord has surrounded me with other believers that spur me on and help me to live more like Christ. I get to live a life on mission and serve the Lord with joy. A verse that sums up my story is Ephesians 2, 4 through 5 which says, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, and that part is so important to me. Um, so God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Even, even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. I was dead. I do not deserve to be standing here right now, but because of his great mercy, he has made me alive in Christ. I'm Allie, and this is my story. going on y'all my name is Casey Osude and I serve here on Tuesdays part of my story is that I grew up in a single parent household uh, as a first generation Nigerian American as the last of six kids and frankly times were tough mom was working two jobs church hurt was pretty real for me for my family given the circumstances and church was pretty mandatory and religious and before I knew Christ My life was characterized by anger, by pride, and by people-pleasing. And a proverb in the Bible that really speaks to this says, there's a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way to death. And you know, it seemed right to me to seek approval of my friends at the expense of my conscience. And it seemed right to me to justify my own way of living my life. 
and it seemed right to me to defend myself and to manipulate others in order to advance my own agenda. And in its end was the way to death. And I knew that because it wasn't, it was literally four years ago where I was at my house and I realized one night that the way that I was living my life was no different than people who don't even know Jesus. And that scared me because it wasn't God who was inconsistent and it wasn't God who was hypocritical, but it was myself and I had to take ownership of that. And I remember asking God and praying to God to help me trust him and to help me follow him with my life. I've heard the gospel from individuals and I've seen the gospel lived out through the lives of my siblings. The gospel being that Christ died for my sin and that he rose from the grave defeating death. But that night I made the decision to ask God to help me believe it in my heart and for it to permeate every aspect of my life. And God began to do a work inwardly in me. At the cost of following Jesus, I lost several friendships, but at the same time, God surrounded me in time and over time with godly men, men who were following Jesus, older men and younger men, my peers, many of whom are in this room, who gave me community, who gave me accountability, and who gave me an example to imitate as we all follow Jesus. God also gave me an appetite and hunger for his word, to know Jesus's words intimately, not only so I can tell them to people, but also so I can practice them in my own life, as well as I'm not perfect, nor do I claim to be, but at the same time, God convicted me of my anger and my pride and to seek reconciliation and forgiveness from individuals in my life, whether it be my father for not being present in my life and asking him for forgiveness for the bitterness I had in myself, or even my mother for seeking the approval of my friends at the expense of honoring her. And I was reconciled by God through Jesus. And so how could I not share that reconciliation with my father, with my mother, with my mother, with my friends, and with everybody I come into contact with, letting them know who Jesus is. Once again, guys, my name is Casey, and that's my story. growing up and um, as a result I accepted Christ into my life when I was in third grade. Um, throughout my life the Lord really blessed me with people and experiences that really allowed me to see what it looked like to follow Christ truly. Um, one of those was in college. Um, I was able to be discipled for the first time and just a part of a community group of women who really showed me what it looked like to read the Bible and be held accountable. Um, after college, I applied um, for teaching jobs in Springfield, and nothing was working out, um, but the Lord really opened a door back home, and I was able to accept a teaching job here and get involved um, in Paradigm, and then just spend a lot of time with family. After a few years of moving back um, home, my dad passed away um, tragically and really unexpectedly, um, and this was just a really hard time because it was the first loss that I had really experienced in my life. 
Um, the Lord really brought people to surround me. Um, my community group, um, Josiah Jones, and just other people at Abundant Life to really be the hands and feet of Jesus during this time. Um, throughout the grief process, um, I struggled a lot with anxiety and really just comparing my life to others and just struggled for why this happened to me and my family um, and felt like other people's lives were perfect and mine wasn't. But the Lord really used um, my community group to come alongside of me and really show me that the Lord was grieving alongside with me and he truly cared for me and he wanted me to use my hurt to help others. I remembered um, the week my dad died, Pastor Chad, he came to my house and he really challenged me just to pour my heart out to the Lord unfiltered and raw, that God didn't want a fake version of myself, but he truly wanted me um, in my true feelings and my thoughts. Um, Psalm 62, eight says, trust confidently in him at all times, pour out your heart before the Lord because God is a refuge for us. And I've just really learned that our hurts and pains um, can be used to make us more like Christ. And really that no one's life is perfect. And God tells us that we will have troubles in this life, but we should take heart because he's overcome the world. So I know one day I'll be reunited with my dad, but also my heavenly father. Hey, what's up, Paradigm? I'm Nick, this is my story. So I grew up attending church and hearing all about the Bible, um, but none of it ever made sense to me and it definitely didn't interest me. Back then, all I cared about was sports, partying, pornography, and drugs, as my mind was always just revolved around looking forward to the next biggest game or the next biggest party. I never saw anything bad with what I was doing and how I was living, you know. I still called myself a Christian, still said I believed in God. Um, but just the truth was, is I was just a fan of, of God at that point in my life, not a follower. You know, I didn't care about being obedient and I just didn't want to surrender my life to him. But after going through cycles and cycles of sin and temporary happiness by chasing after the party lifestyle or pornography, you know, I was just getting fed up with how I was living um, and just, just tired of trying to find joy and purpose in the things that weren't fulfilling. So on September 24th of 2018, um, just disgusted with where I was at in life and who I was becoming, you know, I made a complete turn that morning and started chasing after God because my way wasn't working and I needed him. Shortly after, I started coming to Paradigm um, and just remember hearing the gospel and a couple of verses that just really stood out to me in that season. And one of those verses was Ephesians 2, 8, 9. It says, for it is by grace you've been saved through faith. And this is not of your own doings, the gift of God not by works so that no one can boast. And I just remember just those verses, it's just letting me know that, hey, it's not just about showing up on Tuesday nights and Sunday mornings, you know, it's not just about being a nice person and having good morals, you know, not cussing and all that, but it's just that, hey, you know, for salvation, I just needed to rest and just trust in the finished work of what Jesus did for me on the cross. So when I, after putting my faith in Jesus Christ, you know, he didn't turn me into a better version of the old Nick. No, he, he gave me a new heart and he made me a whole new creation and he completely changed my life. You know, the people I started hanging out with and the places I'd go changed because I didn't want to be surrounded by the things that would make me fall back to my old ways. You know, I started hanging out with men who were running after Jesus, guys that I could just be real with, hang out with, that they could hold me accountable. You know, the Lord brought in my, my wife, Josie. You know, we got... We got married and started serving at Paradigm together. You know, now we have a, a daughter who's one years old and we have another baby on the way, you know, praise God. 
And I could just go through so many blessings and amazing things that the Lord has done since putting my faith in him. But above all, the number one thing that he's given me, he's given me hope. And that hope, it's just rooted in the gospel, just understanding that he laid down his life for me so that I could have life in him, not only in this lifetime, but for eternity. So instead of running to partying, drugs and pornography, I now run to Jesus because only he can offer peace, hope, enjoy. My name is Nick and that's my story. Hey guys, um, my name is Maddie and so I'm going to share a little bit about my story. So go back with me to high school. Um, on the outside, everything really looked good. You know, I was captain of my sports team. I had the guy and the grades, and everything was, like, going up for me up until my senior year of high school. Just a ton of hardship happened. Um, my closest friends all tried to commit, um, tried to end their life all at the same time. And that put so much pressure, and I'm just trying to help them and trying to get them the help that they need. While weeks later, um, one of my good friends that went to Mizzou was in a drinking accident and fell off a balcony. And I received news that he went into in a coma. Um, weeks go by, it's Christmas morning, the happiest day, we're all opening up presents. And I just see my sister walking down the stairs and her face is just white. And at that moment, I just know like he was gone forever. Um, it's crazy because that was the first person in my life that I was close to that was so young that truly passed away. And so at that time, I would have told you I trusted God, I prayed, I did all the right things, but I really looked to alcohol to fill my satisfaction. I was coping by blacking out all the time and just began to even question if I wanted to be alive anymore. Um, I went to college with that same mindset, thinking college will fix everything, right? It's going to be the greatest four years of your life. And quick to show, it really wasn't. I started making the same decisions I was in high school, and that led me waking up places I didn't know where I was and who I was with. And these decisions were really like starting to scare me. I'm like, what am I giving my life to at the end of the day? But during that time, um, there was a girl that started a faith talk in my sorority, and her life just looked so different than mine. She had this joy about her that I've never seen before. And I just remember her like showing me what a relationship with God actually looked like. She was showing me how to read the Bible for the first time and how to pray, all these things I never knew. I just thought, you know, say you go or say you believe in God and you get to heaven. That was my perception. And then halfway through that year, I realized like I'm living two completely different lives. I'm finding so much joy in this faith, but on the weekends I'm blacking out. And so I realized there's a decision I have to make. I've tried filling this void in my life with relationships and guys and drinking, but nothing has ever fulfilled me. And so, but one thing I realized that I did not do was truly put my faith in Jesus Christ and make him the center and Lord of my life. And after making that decision, no, my life wasn't perfect after that by any means, but I just had to start to have this joy in life that I've never had before and started to see a purpose for my life because before I truly just didn't want to be here anymore. And it started to remind me of this verse, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, that says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, and the new is here. 
And so my old life, the things that had such power over me at once, like disappeared, the drinking, the relationships, I no longer felt a need and a craving for anymore. But what I truly desire now is like to pursue Christ and to make him known to other people. And it gave me just this desire to share my story with people, to just relate and get to um, extend the same freedom that he has given me. And so thank you for letting me share my story. What's up, guys? Uh, my name's Zach. Uh, so my testimony kind of begins uh, back when I was three. Uh, around that time, uh, my parents got a divorce. Um, and after that, my dad was never really around. Um, growing up, it was, it was tough on me. I'm not going to lie. Um, fast forward to the age of 12, uh, I was introduced to God as our Heavenly Father. Um, and being a relationship I'd always wanted, uh, I desperately clung to that message. Um, so I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior uh, and really just wanted to pursue him uh, and believed what the Bible said about him was true. But my actions didn't reflect that. Uh, around that same time, uh, I was introduced to pornography. Um, I started getting heavily involved in sports. Um, and while sports aren't inherently bad, um, I started placing my identity in who I was as an athlete, um, how I performed on and off the field or the court I was on. And so it was really just unhealthy for me. Um, around that same time, uh, in high school, I didn't drink, I didn't party, I didn't do drugs. Um, instead of doing, uh, using that for good, um, I used it as an opportunity to see myself as better than those around me. Um, I was extremely filled with pride. Um, I was extremely sexually immoral and just, I was judging people for something that I wasn't doing when I was doing uh, arguably a lot worse. Um, and so fast forward, I go to college at the University of Iowa, go Hawkeyes, yes, yes. Uh, and I got introduced uh, to Salt Company um, and I realized, like, going to Iowa, I can no longer place my identity in being an athlete, unfortunately. Um, but it's God's blessing because he, he used it to show me that, Zach, you've considered yourself a Christian for almost a decade, but there's really no fruit uh, to what's been going on in your life. Um, so I got surrounded with biblical community, uh, started reading my Bible daily, um, and just really meditating on it. I remember John 3.30 uh, it says, uh, for he must increase and I must decrease. And I saw Jesus just really start to work in my life in ways that I didn't think possible. Um, I started to see my lust and my, my pride start to vanish. Um, and I just felt the warm embrace of what it meant to really have a savior and know the love of Christ. Um, although like my journey obviously hasn't been perfect, uh, being a Christian for almost 15 years now, um, one thing has remained constant, um, and that is God's faithfulness. Um, for 2 Timothy 2.13 says, if we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. And I just want to encourage you guys that if you feel far from God, he is right here waiting. He is right here 
waiting for you to run into his arms. I love you guys, and that's my story. Well, what's up, guys? I just want to share with you um, just an extension and a continuation of a lot of the stories and a lot of the messages that you've heard already tonight through song and through people sharing their testimonies. And I just want to kind of conclude the night with giving a little bit of clarity to why all of this is here, why we have come here tonight, why the Christmas season, why the lights, why the celebration and all of that. Because I think sometimes we can get caught up in the cultural aspect of that and we can miss really the heart of why we are uh, around the Christmas season, why we are here celebrating. I think sometimes we can get caught up in uh, what church has become over a few thousand years and we can really miss what is at the, the root. I think sometimes we can get caught up in a lot of the biblical teachings, a lot of the nuances of faith and Christianity that we can miss really the main message. And I want to share that with you. And then I want to give everyone an opportunity to respond to that main message. Uh, before I do that, um, I had a challenge this morning. Um, I showed up at my first meeting, which was at 830 this morning. And the person that was leading that meeting, uh, she looked in the room and said, hey, um, we're not going to be meeting today the way we normally meet. In fact, I've given you a challenge. My husband and I, we have put $100 bills in these cards, and the challenge is, is that you'll go out with one other person, and in the next 45 minutes, you have to find someone that you can bless with this $100 bill. And so I hop in the car with this guy named Sean Struckmeyer that I get to work with, and, and we just kind of like, uh, we're like, all right, you know, spirit lead us, you know. So he's driving, and we're rolling around this area, and I get a call from a guy that I haven't talked to in like 20 years, you know. So I'm like, I got to take this call, and so I'm talking with this guy, trying to catch up, but we've got, we're on the clock, and we've got to give this money away, and so I'm like muting the, the call, and I'm like, I'm so sorry, I needed to talk with this guy. And then we get back, and I, you know, I finally get off the phone with him, and then we find our person. We see this little old lady, it's raining earlier today. We see this little old lady shuffling down the street with her groceries in this Walmart sack. And we're like, you know, we pull into Walmart and we think we're gonna find somebody in Walmart parking lot. And then we're like, you know what? I really feel like the little old lady, that was who we needed to give the money to. And so let's turn around. And so we turn around and we spot her. So we're kind of stalking her. It's a little bit weird, you know, but we're wanting to bless her, you know? And so like, we see where we can cut her off, but it won't be weird. And we pull into this driveway at this apartment complex. And me and Sean, we get out. And I'm like, all right, you take the lead because your voice is less intimidating than mine. And so he walks up to this little old lady. Turns out it's a little old man. <laughs> and so we're already off. And so anyway, they, he was wearing a hoodie. We couldn't tell. And so walks up to him and he says, hey, we're out here in the name of Jesus. And as soon as he said Jesus, it flipped the lid in this guy. And by that time, I'm there, and I've already whipped out the $100 bill. And I'm like, how do you like us now, you know? And he looks at us, and he says, I don't need any of this. And he gets frustrated. And so because he rejected my gift, I match his energy. I'm like, oh, you, you don't want to get $100? You know, that's what I'm thinking on the inside, on the inside. Anyway, he passes us, and he's like, no, I don't want, I don't want any of this. And I'm like, all right, well, uh, well Merry Christmas. And he stops. Why can't you say happy Hanukkah? And he just starts charging us, you know? And I was like, oh, you know, we, I mean, we, we love all people, you know? And I like try to save face. And anyway, this guy, he rejected our gift. And we're like, well, we felt so sure about that, you know? Like we were like, this is our guy. God, you spoke to us. We're going to give this money to this little lady. Turns out it's an old man. And anyway, it just all went bad. And so we got back in the car a little bit deflated, a little bit defeated, but we were persistent because we had about 15 minutes 
where we had to find somebody that we, I never thought it'd be so hard to give away $100. So we had to find somebody to give away $100. So we roll back to Walmart and I see my guy. He's standing out in front of Walmart smoking a cigarette. And so I said, hey, that's, that's our guy. That's our guy. And I walk up to him. He's dressed in denim, so I know I like him already. Got a cigarette, a little tattoo showing. And I walk up to him and I just say, hey, man, we're out and about giving away $100 in the name of Jesus, wishing people a Merry Christmas. And we thought we would give this gift to you. And this guy is shocked. He's, he's like, I, I don't even know what to say. And he's so overwhelmed by the invitation or the, the extension of this gift that he's like, I don't, I don't even know what to say. Like, and I'm like, and I like have to pull out his hand, like put the money in his hand almost. And he, he takes the money and he's like, I'll, I'll, I'll pay it forward. I, I, and I just said, hey, you know, my name is Chad. What's your name? And we start talking and come to find out he had just ended a nine-year relationship that he thought would probably be his forever significant other. And he just shares that he's, you know, he's in between, you know, life stages in some regard and that he was so grateful. And we were able to share with him that this is just a reminder that God sees you and that he loves you. And I asked this gentleman, is there any way that we could pray for you? And we were, we were able to bless this guy. And the coolest part is that he received the gift. You know, he didn't get mad at us. The reason why I shared that with you is because there is a gift that is greater than $100. There's a gift that is being extended to all of mankind and to everyone that's here tonight. And you've heard about this gift time and time again already tonight. That the main message of the Bible, the reason why we are all here is because God gave his only begotten son so that whoever would put their faith and trust in him, they would have everlasting life and they wouldn't perish. And the motivation, the reason why God did all of this is because he loves you. And so I don't know what has brought you in here tonight, but let me just, let me just remind you of some of the things that have already been said. And let me just tell you how you receive this gift. The reminder is this, is that God sees you. God is with you. God is for you. And the invitation to have a relationship with God means this, you get forgiveness you get mercy, you get grace, you get love, you get purpose, you get assignment, you get companionship, and you get more and more than you could ever have imagined. That the gift is incredible. It's more than you can even fathom. That the gift that God extends to us in a right relationship with him is something that will take a lifetime to unpack and an eternity to enjoy. And the gift is secure because of this reality, that God sent his son Jesus to live a sinless life that you and I couldn't live. That he was born of a virgin, that he lived 33 years of perfection, that he was crucified as a, as a rebellion or as a rebel, that he was crucified by the Roman Empire, and that three days later, history records that he, ro he rose from the grave, that he revealed himself to over 500 people, he invited people in that time to follow him as Lord of Lords and King of Kings and to give their life to making disciples of his for the rest of their life of all the world. And then for 40 days, he did this. Then he ascends to the right hand of the Father and he makes this profound promise that one day he's going to return. 
And the invitation is that if you, by faith, put your trust, put your allegiance, give your life over to Jesus, you will be secured, you'll be saved. The way you do this is you simply are in a place where you're ready to respond. I think that there's been times in my life where I've heard that truth and I was like the old woman man, whatever he was. You know, I was like that guy. And Jesus had come to me and he was like, hey, hey, I have a gift for you. And I'm like, you know, whatever. I'm just grumpy about it. Or I'm just, I'm just, you know, I'm neglecting the gift. And I just pass it by and I have some objection and I miss out on the opportunity. But there was a time in my life where I was more like this guy that's smoking a square out in front of Walmart, needing some hope, needing some inspiration, and ready to receive. And God got me to a place where I was ready to hear and embrace his love and his truth and his way. And my question tonight is, which person are you? Are you the old man that is shuffling down the sidewalk, rejecting the invitation of a lifetime for one reason or another, because of a discrepancy or because of a decision you made when you were in college and you don't feel like God can forgive you, because of a, because of a hangup on some sort of random side note, that uh, the gospel of Thomas or something that isn't even a legit thing into the story of Jesus? Or are you more like this other guy that's ready and willing to receive the gift that God has for you? See, the nature of a gift is you, you either receive it or you don't. You, you can't leave a gift in limbo. You know what I'm saying? Like if I was to offer you something, you either, if you think about it, then that's, that's a form of rejecting it. You either take the gift or you leave the gift. And I want you to think about your life for just a second. If you've come to the realization that you have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, if you've come to the realization that we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and that the payment for that sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord, if you've come to the understanding that while you were yet a sinner, Christ died for you so that you would know God's love for you, if you've come to the realization that God wants a relationship with you, have you embraced that gift? Not do you understand it here, but do you know it here? And the way that you do that is captured in Romans 10, chapter, chapter 10, verse 9. And it says this, that you have to believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and you confess with your mouth that he is Lord. And it's by faith that you receive this gift. Have you done that before? Has there been a time in your life where you've received Jesus Christ as your only hope for salvation. And if you haven't done that, man, why would you wait? Oftentimes think about this, man, like even going back to that, I'm like, I was about to give this dude $100. Like even if he didn't like Jesus, take the 100. You know what I'm saying? Like that's not even pragmatic, you know? Like even if we upset him, just take the money. You know what I'm saying? It's not one of those, you know, like gospel tracks. It was real money, you know? Some of y'all know I'm talking about million dollar bill. You know, it says that and then it shares Jesus, but it's not real money. And sometimes Christians think that they're helping like waiters when they tip with those things when they really don't tip no money. Anyway, sidebar. It wasn't one of those. This was legit. It had Benjamin Franklin on it, all right? This is legit. This is a Benny, all right? And, and like, like for me, like even today, I'm like, why wouldn't you take that? That, that, that proved nothing to me, all right? 
And I think the same way is true when it comes to salvation for me. Like when I think about the gospel, when I think about a relationship with God Almighty, I'm like, why people gotta think about this? Why, why, like, 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 why do you gotta beg somebody to go to heaven? You know what I'm saying? Like this is the opportunity in the invitation of a lifetime and God Almighty moves in and takes residence into your life and he begins to change you from the inside out. In the same way that he's changed these young adults that you heard tonight, in the same way that he's changed countless of people in this room, he desires to change you as well. And so my big question tonight is, have you received that gift? Has there been a time in your life where you've admitted that you were a sinner? Where you believed that Jesus died for your sin and that he rose from the grave and you confessed him as the Lord of your life? And if there hasn't been a time in your life when you've done that, why not do that tonight? And only until your heart is melted and moved by what God has done for you, will you really understand why all the excitement around the Christmas season? It's so much more than lights and Hallmark movies and gifts and trees. The reason why we're here, the reason why the Bible exists, the reason why there's churches, is because God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son so that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but that they would have everlasting life. That Jesus did not come into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. And when I say world, you could just put your name where it says that word. Has the gospel, has Jesus become personal to you? Have you received the gift of new life? And if you haven't, man, tonight would be a great night to do that. I want everybody just to bow your head, to close your eyes, and I'm gonna give you an opportunity to respond. And here in just a second, we're gonna um, dismiss, and man, we got a party set up for y'all tonight. It's gonna be a great night. We're gonna have a lot of fun. But before we do that, let me just borrow a little bit more of your time. It's in these moments that God will oftentimes do his most profound work. And just to keep it real with you, the message I share with you tonight is a message I need to share with me tonight. That I need to be reminded of God's love for me. I need to be reminded of my need for him. But some of y'all, you, you need to embrace that for the first time tonight. Have you done that? Question number one, has there been a time in your life where you've received the gift of salvation? You, you know that you've done that when you believed in your heart that God has risen Jesus from the dead and that you confessed with your mouth that he is the Lord. If it's foggy in your mind, then it's probably not secure in your heart. And so tonight, if you haven't trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. What are you waiting on? The gift of a lifetime is extended to you. And why? For the love of God, why? 
would you reject the opportunity to partner with the King of glory, to invite him to give you a new heart and a new life? Why would you shun his love any longer? Why not begin tonight to enjoy the greatest relationship one can enjoy? Why not begin tonight to live and work out the salvation of God Almighty in your life? Why not tonight be reconciled with your maker? If you'd like to do that, we don't normally do this, but if you'd like to do that, just raise your hand. Let me see your hand real quick. If you'd like to begin a relationship with Jesus for the first time, just raise your hand. Okay, you can put your hand down. Those of you that raised your hand, what you said is that I have enough courage to identify that I'd like to do that tonight. Here in just a second, I'm gonna pray. There's gonna be the young adults that shared their testimonies up front. If you raised your hand, you need to come down front. Come find me or come find one of these men and women and just say, hey, I raised my hand. Would you pray with me or would you help me? I need security in my relationship with God before I move forward in life. Others of you, you need to be reminded of this truth. You're just like me. You've come in here and it's been a, it's been a, life has been a little bit lifey for you. And you feel forgotten or you feel, you feel down or you feel defeated and you need to be reminded that there's a God that loves you. He has a plan for you. He is faithful towards you. And maybe some of you upon being reminded of that, need to re-engage in your relationship with God and, and here in just a second after I pray and say amen, maybe some of you need to come down and just say, hey, would you pray for me? It's been a rough semester. It's been a rough few weeks. It's been a rough season. I just, I need, I need, a, I need a start over. Would you help me? Whatever God's telling you to do, would you be faithful to respond to his great news? Let me pray for us. And then we'll give you some instructions on what we have next. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for tonight. God, I thank you that you are the one that brings peace. God, I thank you that you are the one that brings power. God, I thank you that you are the one that brings forgiveness. God, I thank you that you're the one that brings freedom. God, I thank you that you're the one that brings love, light, levity, joy, hope. God, I thank you that you give us redemption, you give us a rescue. You give us reconciliation. God, I thank you that our faith is not in a feeling. It's not in a vibe. It's not in a, in a, in a deal that's distant way out there, but it's something that incarnated. God, you sent your son to walk amongst us. God, I thank you for the historicity of our faith, that all of this exists because of something that happened in history. So God, I thank you that you secured substance for us to cling on to so that our belief is not in some arbitrary thing, but it's rooted in the reality of history and that the promises that you made are alive today because you're alive. And so God, I pray if there's somebody here that hasn't received the gift of salvation that they would tonight. And God, we would receive it like that young man that I extended that money to earlier today. 
in shock and awe that you came to them. Out of all the people in the world, out of all the 8 billion people in the world, that this news would be made available to us here tonight. God, that we would be undone, that we would be speechless. And God, that you would give us an opportunity to know you with clarity. It's in Christ's name I pray. Amen.